death as a symbol is just like when, when you come to a threshold where you have to make a decision and letting go or clinging on is an option, how do you move into the unknown? Is it with like great trepidation and fear? Is it with trust? And really there's no wrong way to do it, but the more that we get comfortable with this sort of ultimate destination, I think the more that we can live life. So for me, when you're talking about death, you're talking directly about life too. It's like, it's so life-giving to know that there is an end to all of it. You know, it, it makes you want to just really pour yourself into what you're doing. Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, discover our unique gifts, and make a lasting impact on the world by connecting with our souls. I'm sharing with you all the wisdom and tools I've been taught on meditation, mindfulness, yoga, business, and spirituality. I'll be having conversations with other creative entrepreneurs who have manifested outward success by doing inner work. Success comes from within. Let's go on this expansive journey together. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. If you haven't been here before, welcome to this beautiful sacred space. I have on guests every Thursday and I do solo casts on Tuesdays. Your lucky day today because I have on special guest, Asia Ophelia. Aisha is the creative behind the Girlfriend Manifesto, a woman's space for inspired living. Her personal manifesto consists of a strong sisterhood, spirituality, a radical self-love practice, and adventure. She moonlights as a creative consultant with an emphasis on online marketing, social media, and graphic design. She's a passionate creator, writer, and visual artist. Her long-term intentions include a homestead, book, deep dive into the alchemy of enthogenic plants. She's like one of my favorite people ever. I actually had the opportunity to sit in one of her rituals about a week ago uh, on the new moon in Libra. And it was so beautiful and so powerful. Asia has such an incredible way of channeling her energy and holding space for humans to open up and tap into these really deep, dark places inside of us that need to be looked at and addressed so that we're not so scared of life and scared of ourselves and limiting ourselves in our potential because of life situations that inevitably happen to us. And her ritual that I was a part of was called Death Becomes Her. And that might sound scary to some people, but it was really beautiful. It was so beautiful to contemplate death in a way that creates space for more life. And in this episode, Aisha talks right off the bat about her mother dying six years ago and how that opened up a portal for her to take life by the reins and really live. And she shares that in such beautiful ways. I love that she says she moonlights as as a um, social media consultant and online marketing because isn't that all of us, right? Spiritual beings who have creative gifts. Um, we we tend to find outlets that we can channel that into, so that we can create a source of income and live. Um, but I just really love that she shares that because it's a and it's an important thing to know as a creative and as someone who's on a spiritual path and on a deep dive into your soul 
that you can have other things that are that seem mundane and and in the the natural world and still be uh, behind the veil doing the work. Um, also, this is really funny. At the beginning of this episode, you get a very good lesson in what it's like to experience <laughs> uh, yourself stumbling over your ego because I didn't um, ask Aisha how to say her name. And so I assumed and I called her by the wrong name. And she she's so loving and compassionate that she just let me finish on my <laughs> ramble. She's like, no, 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 leave that in there. It's fine. And, and I wanted to leave that in there. My ego wanted me to take it out. Trust me. I was like, no, 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 no. We're taking that out. And I decided to leave it in there because I wanted you to hear um, what a bounce back. I call it like bouncing back from stumbling upon your own self because it's life is way too short to take ourselves so seriously. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to call people by the wrong name. You're going to make assumptions. And it's all a lesson in slowing down so that we can be more present for the interactions that we have. So you know that now anytime I have someone on, I'm going to ask their pronunciation of their name if I for sure am like, do I say it this way or do I not? So anyway, that's funny. Uh, you're going to love this episode. I just, I just want to stop talking because I want you to just listen and dive in and experience Asia's amazing energy through this episode. We could have talked forever. It was so good. Um, yeah. And in the show notes below, you'll be able to find where you can reach Asia and experience some of her offerings that she has because she is an incredible intuitive, so tapped in the most beautiful energy. Really enjoyed this one. So let us know what you think. If you enjoyed this episode, tag Asia and I on Instagram, because you know, we hang out there and enjoy this deep dive into the other side. Welcome Aisha to the Limitless Soul podcast. You look so beautiful today. You're glowing. Thank you. Should I tell you how to pronounce my name? Please yes. leave it on too. Don't take it out. Okay. Yes, please um, do. Aisha. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. See, this is a lesson and don't assume everything. It's all good. <laughs> That's beautiful. Aisha. Uh-huh. Okay. See, now I got it. Aisha, Aisha, Aisha. Aisha. I love that. It's beautiful. Aisha Ophelia. Mm-hmm. Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. Thank you. <laughs> I want to make sure. It's like right. we're like ASMR whispering now. I kind of like it. Yeah. Like it's on your neck too. I see it. <laughs> Aisha, welcome to the Limitless Soul podcast. Thank you. How are me. you today? I'm good. I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to be mm-hmm. here. I'm excited to chat about whatever is beneficial and just see where it goes. Mm, me too. Um, why, why don't you tell everyone who's listening before we get started a little bit about your mission, your vision. I love that you have in your bio, like your future intentions. I think that's really cool. Um, but just let everybody know what you're up to right now, what your interests are, what you're, what you're vibing. Sure. Um, if you know me, you probably know me from the girlfriend manifesto, which is the space I created about six years ago. It was actually right at the beginning of my mom getting sick and it it feels really full circle today. I have like my Ophelia necklace on because this is six years ago today, my mom passed away. And so obviously that's really sad. 
Um, let's just get that out of the way. But it's also been a, a gateway to so much information for me. And so, um, yeah, six years ago, I was at a place where I just really needed women in my life. And that was clear. And the name, The Girlfriend Manifesto, landed and at first it was just a thing I did offline where I'd invite women into a space of healing, of conversation and of vulnerability. And I could just feel the weight that I felt before. And then being with women after, it was just such a healing thing. And for me, it was even before I had experienced any sort of like women's healing circles. So it was all very new to me. And from that place, the Girlfriend Manifesto grew and really what it's about are these four pillars and it's sisterhood, adventure, self-love and spirituality. And that's what I talk about all day long. And of course I infuse that with a really creative flair. That's been like the only thing that I've ever gotten good marks for in school was being creative. So it's a, it's a space that I feel really comfortable in. There's never a lack of ideas. In fact, there's so many that I just like don't even know how to take action on all of them. But uh, through all of it, we've created a community of a lot of women, um, of some men, of anyone who really wants to be there. All are definitely welcome where we, we talk about inspiration every day, creativity every day, and um, I'm really enjoying it. Beautiful. I saw in your stories today, uh, now it all makes sense to me talking about your mom was playing yeah. music yeah, and you got chills when Ophelia came on and exactly. I, uh, you know, just watching it and listening to it, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, just funny, but wow, it's so much deeper than that. Yeah, definitely. I, I look at life as an oracle and um, there's a lot, I use a lot of oracle cards. Um, sometimes music will be an oracle to me, but I've, I've made up this little system and I have this zine that I want to put out that shows people the ropes to it. But at any rate, my mom's been the DJ on Spotify all day through a random playlist that I feel she is picking because the songs are just blowing me away and they're like totally from her. And yeah, so it's a good day. It's been a good day actually. That's amazing. I love that you say that like life is an oracle and the things that we experience, because I think a lot of times people get really wrapped up in the, the, the logistics of spirituality, like, oh, it needs to be this and it needs to be that or to be on the path, I need to be doing these specific things, but living life and being present for the fullness of it can be just that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. I love it. I haven't really thought about that as music being this, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes feel, and I'm sure everybody listening is like, oh yeah, that one time the song come on or, oh yeah, that one time that this happened, but it's probably your Scorpio vibes, right? You're like, oh, I feel all of this music in my body right now. <laughs> I do. I've had goosebumps all day long when certain songs, songs come on. I'm like, this is a hundred percent a message from my mom about something. So yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I'm glad that I saw that because I randomly just looked at it before we hopped on here. Um, and I signed up for your um, your death ritual on the new moon, which I'm super pumped about. It's on October 16th. Do you do those every new moon? I'm starting to. The past couple new moons, I've done them with different companies who have. And this is just how like spirit and the oracle work is. Mm -hmm. So the last six years, I've really been steeped in, in death and not just death, but like transformation. Death is a mm -hmm. metaphor and really looking into these stories of archetypes of women and just really entrenching myself in sort of like the in-between, the more dream realm where we're looking at life more symbolically than like literally. 
Um, so dialogue with death was like a, it was almost like a thunderbolt. It just like came in, you're going to do this ritual. You're going to do them on the new moon and this is what it's going to be about. And so I started doing a lot more research on death and found that there were these nine contemplations of death that were so powerful in there, like this ancient Tibetan text. And then of course I asked for permission and then sprinkled my own little, um, flavor on top of it and brought a 10th dimension, actually 11th to the surface. And so in the dialogue with death, we're going to move into this imaginal realm where we, we contemplate letting go, we contemplate those thresholds, but we also ultimately contemplate the death of the physical body, which can be extremely scary to think about and to consider, but not talking about it is not going to make it any better. So I've just felt the real call to start having these dialogues, start having these conversations more. I have them with myself and with close friends all the time, but I got the nudge from spirit and I was like, all right, we're going to go public with it and talk about it a lot more with people who are ready to have that conversation with themselves. Oh, beautiful. And it's such a perfect year to do that. And we're, we're experiencing death in so many different ways and grief and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be able to dive into that because I don't feel, I don't feel afraid of death, but I don't know that I have a, a great relationship with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, death as a symbol is just like when, when you come to a threshold where you have to make a decision and letting go or clinging on is an option, how do you move into the unknown? Is it with like great trepidation and fear? Is it with trust? And really, there's no wrong way to do it. But the more that we get comfortable with this sort of ultimate destination, I think the more that we can live life. So for me, when you're talking about death, you're talking directly about life, too. It's like mm -hmm. it's so life giving to know that there is an end to all of it you know it, it makes you want to just really pour yourself into what you're doing and that was the gift of what happened six years ago to me i was definitely on my path but i would not be here talking to you i wouldn't have done half the stuff i probably would have like had my feet dug in like i did before and so um there were so many things that were mystical and um, synchronistic about uh, my mom's life and her, her passing that gave me so much power to become who i am today so i love that you're doing it on the new moon too that time of planting seeds and setting intention and also talking about with the with the with the opposing of letting go and shedding and um you know, that, that transformational aspect, it's really, really cool and interesting to tie the two together and create that, that kind of infinite loop instead of thinking of it so linear, like, Oh, you born and then you're dead, <laughs> you live and then you die. It's like, okay, no, th that might be what we perceive, but really it's this, 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 um, rebirth, it's death, rebirth and transformation. So, Let's kind of talk about present moment time this year, 2020, right? Talk about that like cosmic loop, 2020. Yeah. We all looked at 2020 being like, yes, 2020, it's going to be like this whole yeah. thing that it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we can see through... So for me, I was all 2020. I'm going to have 2020 vision. Right. 2020 is a four year. That means stability. Mm -hmm. Like I was all in my witchiness about it. And mm -hmm. it turns out that it's felt a whole heck of a lot different. But at least for me, 
the true vision that I had for 2020 is happening. I just didn't realize it was going to happen through so much pain, grief. It seems like the world is so divided. You know, families are divided. Friends are divided. I've just never seen... It was almost like for me, so I work a lot in the medicine space. I work a lot with plant medicine and it's like, okay, this is the part of the ritual where I've been here before. So I get to like throw out a buoy to someone or a life vest or something that's helpful. So it almost felt like, all right, you've been studying about all of this stuff for maybe millennia, but at least for like almost (laughs) your whole life, you've been obsessed Mm -hmm. with this. And so it almost felt like I got this nudge, but then I got this support and so many things for me that had felt way off started to feel right. And it felt really confusing because obviously there was a lot of other things going on. So it's been a total mixed bag for me. And a lot of the people that I'm talking to kind of feel the same way, but yeah, I mean, it hasn't been an easy year to reckon with or deal with or understand if we're going to actually make it through to something better. But I feel like despite what it looks like, something really important is happening to people and to humanity. Mm -hmm. I feel you on that. It's so interesting to observe. And when you have been doing practices so much and you're committing your life to like, you know, detaching from the drama and the illusion and to be able to sit back and observe duality and observe polarity and and see it for what it is um you know at first it was definitely very crippling you know i was like what the actual fuck just happened um and then just you know the continuation and culmination of of events and things um but in the midst of it you know i i don't know for me i found a lot of surrender and a lot of like um going okay like show me it like just show me show me what i need to work on show me what i need to um see that i'm not seeing because i you know you get in this kind of like flow of like you know oh there's a little shadow oh there's a little thing and then it's like bam like sit down exactly Um, how many of us would have willingly gone into the space of quiet that so many of us had to we had to do these fearless inventories not because we were like you know what and, and so many of us were, so I'm not making light of the people who sort of saw the warning signs and felt like things are going in a certain direction, because that's how it was for me. Like five years ago, I really had to step away from a pace that was unsustainable for me, that was definitely encouraged by the world. There were so many things that I had already put in place when this happened that, you know, I did feel a little bit more grounded and not so shaken off my center because of, you know, what I saw coming. Um, But, you know, having said that, it's been such an important time for so many people to be like, wow, I was running myself ragged. I never got to have dinner with my family. I want to put this in place. And when would we all have been sitting here in this (laughs) self-analysis in the same way, you know, and whatever you believe about higher powers or, or God or source, it's like, okay, something it's, I feel something has put us in time out and it's for like a good reason. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like I've also become a lot more connected with people who are in a similar space as me that I might not have been able to find like you. I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's, And probably a lot of people I've been having on the podcast, it definitely gave me an opportunity to sit down and be like, who do I want to talk to? What do I want to talk about? 
what what am I putting out there and is does it matter and is it important? Yeah. And um it's drawn me to people who are in a similar place and I feel like it's been the most beautiful thing because I was starting to feel a little bit on my own island. Like yeah. I'm doing things, I'm putting it out there, I'm going and I'm like oh, feeling a little exhausted. Like I need some I need like my people who can like vibe with me and we can like shake things up in our own way because I'm getting tired. And like you're saying, I I definitely felt a a lot more grounded going into this because, and I think the reason a lot of us go on a spiritual path or choose to to do this kind of work is because we can see it, because we can see the pain and suffering of people and the separation and the, you know, disconnectedness with source, with something so much bigger than ourselves and our ego. but yeah, it's been a, a weird ride, but also really beautiful. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that same thing. Hmm. So um, right now during, during 2020, do you feel like you've been more inspired to create and do work? Or do you feel like you've had more time to be like, I'm going to go inward and just focus on me? Or has it been more of a like an outpouring or more of like an in? for you. You know what? The two are so connected for me. I don't want to be like, I'm perfectly balanced. So it's, <laughs> but it has been a good deal of both. It's like, that's where I even get the power to pour out from is because, you know, I'm a bit of a hermit. Uh, 50% of the time, this is my new description of myself. I'm like 50% house cat and then 50% wild cat, but I can't <laughs> be like my wild free self without that really grounded feeling. And so something you said just hit the, it hit the nail on the head and I'm glad I waited till now to say it, but it's been so much about collaboration because I think as like a person who's been doing this work and trying to figure it out for like the last six years or so, you know, I was doing marketing and then I'm doing some coaching and I'm like, just trying to put all the pieces together to make this one whole. And during that time, I didn't realize how important it is to collaborate. And so this year it's been so much about these collaborations, like ritual rug, for instance, is where I did the first death ritual. And then through them, another little company that does like a goddess box has like tapped, you know, rang my doorbell and said like, yeah, let's work together. So it's been these really amazing strategic relationships with mostly women and, and business and companies who are doing something similar. And it's like, all right, I've got a voice, you've got a voice, like, how do we amplify our voices, we come together and zoom and the internet so weird it connects us and then we can send our air like our voice waves out and people connect with it wherever i'm just so amazed like there's people in ireland like i did a moon circle for a wonderful woman in ireland and now there's just this i was in the irish times i'm like what is even life you know it's like <laughs> i couldn't have planned this and it there there i i feel delighted you know and on top of all the grief of being a human and being alive right now, there's, there's collaboration, which has been really key to 2020 for me. Yeah, I totally feel that. I, and I feel like being um, entrepreneurs and creatives and we're, we're expressing ourselves, we're sharing our gifts, we're getting things out there. We can sometimes get trapped in this, you know, I need to have clients and I need to be speaking to my clients and, or we're, or we get caught up in like, I just want to have community and I want to just be surrounded with people who are supporting. 
And I feel like this, this year has, I've found a really sweet balance of that, of being like, I can serve and also call in like some support. I can give and also be like, somebody fill me up. <laughs> like, and I've found a lot of, um, really beautiful, uh, healing in like that competitive, especially with women, like a lot of people think like men are so competitive. I'm like, women can be really competitive and <laughs> really like prideful. And like, this is I my thing. And this is our thing that, you know, I'm creating. And I found a lot of really beautiful connections with um, more peer to peer leadership and, and being like, I have this gift, you have that gift, like, let's either trade or let's work together, or I'm going to take your class, you know, take my class, and we can pick little things up from each other instead of being like, I'm already doing that. So, yeah. uh, you know, no, totally. And I think that spirit definitely needs to continue because it's, you know, the rising tide takes all boats. And that's been something I've said to myself for a long time. I've always, I've always felt open to collaboration and maybe it's because I'm like shy introvert, but I'm like, I can't do this whole play. Like I need people to be in it doing like what they do best. So it's cool to hear that you're feeling that same sort of um, energy. Yeah, I definitely am. And it, it took a little bit, you know, it's, you know, it's been the theme of this year, it's just taken work to break down some of those barriers that had been instilled in me of like, focus on yourself and stay in your own lane and, you know, keep doing your own thing and build your business and um, letting that, letting that drop down, I guess, maybe for you, how do you feel like you keep um, good, healthy boundaries around yourself doing this kind of work, you know, working with people and it's such an, a vulnerable space, like, and, you know, you've got a pretty significant, um, Instagram following and it opens up this gateway for people to like enter in really easily. Like, how do you, <laughs> you're laughing. So I know you have something. It's such over there. a good question though. It's like the, the, my whole summer has been about learning boundaries and it, it's specifically more with people who are closer in my life. For some reason, I don't know if I just have like excellent internet boundaries, but I really, when you open yourself up like that, you have to be willing to be seen in a million different ways. Cause you could post something so benign, like I love the way the sun shines and someone could like write you back and be like, I burned my eyes with the sun when I was 16 and I just can't believe you're so insensitive. And like, you can literally say the nicest thing and people can take it in a million ways. So you have to yeah. just, I mean, you just have to have this sort of shield around yourself that says, I'm doing the best I can. I'm willing to learn if something's presented to me and I'm out of integrity, I'm willing to learn. But there's a lot of just like people and they're wounding online and you have to take a step back because I'm so much about like own your own trigger. And also you mm. don't have to say something, this little rant, you don't have to say something back about everything you disagree with. Like it's okay <laughs> just to keep that, like keep it. You don't, you don't need to offer it. Um, but in my personal life, I've really seen myself struggle with having boundaries and, you know, I could think of a million reasons why, but I've really been getting into this sort of somatic experience of like, of what I need to do. So when my body tells me, okay, you've been trespassed upon, or, you know, there's, there's, a, there was an invisible boundary. This person didn't know about it. Now it's up to you to say, you know, I need this to happen, or I would feel comfortable about this or whatever. And so I've seen myself have to, you know, 
draw some really clear lines that that um, that definitely hurt. But I'm I'm deep in the practice too, so that's why I laughed. It's just that I'm I'm learning my own lessons about what it means to be boundaried but still open. You know, you can't be so boundaried that you're impenetrable, but you need to have that sort of energetic um, shield because we're also otherwise you're just like uh, I just saw an image of like a um, a sponge and you just like you soak in everything and you don't know what's yours you don't know if it's someone else's and we really have to get to the point where we can like own what's ours it's so powerful to own what's yours too mm -hmm. because that's the point of power like okay this is mine I feel this I can shift to this it's not about what the other person said or did um, it's like coming back to that true source oh that's really beautiful I think I needed to hear that <laughs> But, you know, you start putting yourself out there. And I know that a lot of people who are probably listening might be in that space or maybe they've overcome it. And then you just DM us and tell us your secrets. But um, I feel like that's a big part of, of, of what holds us back from really getting these messages out there that need to be heard is we're afraid that we're going to hurt someone's feelings or we're afraid that this is going to be received wrong. And it just is such an it's such a disservice to humanity. If you've got something that is swelling in your heart, it's like it has to get out there. And and fear is such a bitch, and it will block us from making connections that could be a jumping off point of something insanely beautiful and profound. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. And it um, there's a post that everyone should go check out. And it's by a woman named Emma Zach. She's a writer. And she wrote this post about how she's a writer and she's not going to break herself into a million pieces to speak to every single perspective. She's simply going to share like heartfeltly from her perspective. And if there's something there for you, take it. And if there's not, you know, and she said it just so much more eloquent, but there was like 10,000 likes. Everyone was like, yes, like, when did we get so polarized that the idea of complexity has gone out the window? It's mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. And, you know, just circle back to what you're saying about integrity and, and am I in my integrity as I'm sharing this? That's the key. It's like, is this in alignment with, yeah. you know, my soul, with my values, what I believe in. And if it is, let it rip. And if it's not like, maybe reevaluate why you feel the need you need to say that, <laughs> yeah. you know, 100%. but yeah, I, I think in a, in a world right now where it's very polarized and we were talking a little bit about this before, um, it's almost, and, and I love what you're saying earlier on your, I think it was on your Instagram stories. I was creeping and you're talking about, can we let go of the word normal, like normalizing things? Like, I don't want to be normalized. I don't want it to be normal. And like the concept of being unique and speaking exactly. from your own perspective, like that is amazing. Like that is really cool. Yeah. And it's become a little bit boring almost because it's so polarized that you can feel this, um, the free thinking and the free expression kind of out the window. Yeah, it's right like, you know, I don't want to go down too many rabbit holes, but it's like, we have to really like guard our minds against things that seem so benign. And then 
all of a sudden we're just normalized. It's everything's normal. You know, it's almost like one of these, like, I don't know what cartoon it is, but you know, there's just these little ticky tacky, ticky tacky houses and there's no more trees and we're all just in our little cars and we're headed places. And like, Mm -hmm. that's going to be our future if we just keep getting dumbed down to the lowest common denominator. And I'm like, something about this is I don't like it. It's insidious. I don't want to use that word anymore. I want to find a new creative way to say like, um, I'm so, so the people that I'm really impressed with are the people that have just been themselves unabashedly. And then they've done like the weirdest stuff to, um, make a living, so to say, because that's the scary part. It's like, okay, I have this desire to do this thing, but how am I going to make a living? Like, are my kids going to be able to eat? So the people who are like my heroes and superheroes are the people that just totally became themselves. And then the doors open for them. And I see that more with my own self-expression, the more that I am in my integrity, like we talked about, and I let it fly, even if it's a little scary, because the things that I enjoy talking about are a bit provocative. And it's not just because, just because it's provocative, it has a lot to do with like being a Scorpio, certain things that happened in my life, having to find a place outside of the norm, being a woman of color, in the South, for instance. So there's so many ways that I was felt like I was already on the outside. And I was like, all right, I got to make this work for me. So, you know, that's where I'm coming to this conversation from. Where are you from originally? Well, I mean, I grew up here. I'm back in my hometown, which has like befuddled me for such a long time. But now I just have realized that there is, I'm a country girl and I love it as much as I love like being out in the world and traveling. Yes. I need my place back at home. So I'm in Tennessee. Okay. Um, yeah. I live in Michigan and currently I'm look like I live in the middle of the state where you become nothing. Like there's nothing. People are like, what's yeah. the closest airport? I'm like two and a half hours away. Like we, I, I really live in solitude with nature and I feel like that is unique because everyone I seem to talk to is like, living in the city or living in LA or I'm it's just such a different perspective to really be in it than to be like I'm gonna go spend some time in nature I'm like I freaking live like I'm looking at only trees and like some deer right now (laughs) and it's just so refreshing for me to be able to be in that so that's really really cool you have that perspective too it's it's um it creates a little more space, I think, between. Every- 100%. Yeah. If you think about what trees do just on like a molecular level is that they like, we exchange breath with them. And mm-hmm. like in the, con- like on, in a concrete jungle, it's like fear literally just hangs out. It's got mm-hmm. no place to go. But when you're in nature and you're by water, there's so much energetic things that are happening on a healing level. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I always thought I'd move to a big city. Everyone told me that I should. And I'm just glad that I traveled, but that I kept nature really close to me because it's been the biggest healing force, the biggest inspiration and like so intertwined with my purpose. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that, I guess I'm glad I'm a a hometown girl and I'm in the South still. Yeah. I love, I love it. I think that I'm really attracted. I find myself really attracted to people, not all people. I I love people in general, but I'm really attracted to people who I can feel their, their true connectedness with nature because it's so, 
it's such a big energy. It's such a, it's a powerful force. And, um, I feel like these people told me that too. Oh, to do what you want to do. I'm a hairdresser. I wanted to do New York fashion week, week, which I did. I went to New York and co-led shows and all these things, but people are like, you're going to need to move to New York or LA. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. There's an airplane you can fly. Um, But kind of returning to your point earlier when we were talking about, you know, appealing to everybody and everybody's journey and everyone's triggers and all of those kinds of things. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like maybe people who do live in the city, they don't get me because I, I can't speak to that. I've never lived in the city. I don't know what that's like. I visited, but, um, you know, I can't speak to some of the challenges. I can't speak to some of the, the way that it, it is to flow through life in that kind of an environment. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not very nourishing for the nervous system. It's, um, it was a phase in my life. Um, in my twenties, I traveled around quite a bit and I lived in near Austin, Texas. I lived in Boston. Um, where else did I live? Yeah. I, I definitely have done the city thing and I always felt, um, I don't know, there were wonderful aspects about it, but at the end of the day, I'm exactly where I need to be and where my soul feels the most um, connection. Mm. Yeah, and everybody's different. Yeah. And I feel, yeah, kind of coming back to the being unique, it's like, just, you know, I, I hate the quote when I was like, just be you, like, mm-hmm. just be yourself. But <laughs> it really is so true. We yeah. make it so complicated. We make it so... <sighs> so damn complicated. Yeah, and you know, seven generations back, our, our DNA is still influenced and probably way more than mm. science can even tell us, but they can at least tell us that seven generations back, we're still connected to that, to that um, ancestral flow, if you will. And so before the concrete jungles were a thing, we all lived very close to nature. And yeah. I think that's one of the biggest reasons we feel so disconnected and that we're um, on a large level, such an unhealthy society is because we've forgotten our ancient ways. Mm. And it doesn't matter if you're in a city right now, you can still connect back with that. It doesn't mean that everyone should come into Tennessee. Don't. <laughs> like, don't. I know. You know? I'm like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or do, you know, I, I can, there's a lot of people who feel the need to move out of the cities because mm-hmm. of what's happening. And yeah, I was in the city it would be clear to me that it was time to pack up and go too but you know on a deeper level we're all we all come from this ancestral lineage where we were really close to the earth and we remembered how to have less dependence on a system that probably doesn't have our best interest at heart and really take back some of that power and remember how to grow food and remember how to connect with nature and to look at the moon to know what phase of um uh what am, what am, what am, what am i thinking camping not camping um season no <laughs> you put the seeds in the ground you're a farmer farmer just how connected <laughs> they, yeah, the seasons how connected yeah. you were to to all of these things without even having to be told and so I think there's just a call to remember to remember some of those ways oh for sure and you know knowing that if you are going to leave a city and you want to go live out somewhere that is more in nature it's like adopting that way of life and yeah. instead of like packing up the city and like just moving it somewhere else yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i mean in michigan we deal with a lot of things with our environment we have you know all of these huge massive freshwater lakes surrounding us and we're constantly 
fighting, um, you know, the system to try to keep it clean. We're, we're always trying to keep our land as sacred as we can with what we have. And, you know, I hope that that's something that continues that people care about from my opinion, because that's where I live. I'm like, you know, I could totally easily go off the grid. Maybe if I just had some Wi-Fi somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, this is amazing. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? I have a little game that we'll play at the very end, but this has been such a beautiful conversation. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Yeah, no, we'll have to. Um, I don't know. Let's play the game and see if it sparks anything else. I love okay. it. I, I know everybody loves the games. It's so much fun. I was like, when I decided to talk about more spiritual concepts and depth of topics on here, I'm like, we gotta have a game or something. Okay. <laughs> okay let's, talk so, about, let's talk about dreams at the end. And ooh, the game. Yes. I love that. Okay. So the game is boil it down and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and you have to boil it down and answer it in one word. Okay. Okay. So it makes you makes you not think. You just have to respond. Let me find my paper. Okay. You ready? Yes. Favorite season. Fall. Most nostalgic fragrance. Curve. What is it? It's a cologne. It's a cologne. <laughs> like, I wasn't, I was like kind of paying attention. I'm like, wait, what is she saying? <laughs> okay, cool. Alter ego name. If you had to name your alter ego. Madame Ophelia. You're all alone. No one is watching you. What are you doing? Listening to music. 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 Mm. What is your favorite food? Mango. If you're stranded on an island for about three months, all by yourself, what's the one thing you would choose to bring? A man. <laughs> okay, would you rather be hot or cold? Hot. Would you rather drive or be the passenger? Passenger. Would you rather be in the mountains or the ocean? Mountains. Are you a night owl or early bird? Both. Ooh. Mostly night, but night. Both. Okay. Really? Do you sleep? <laughs> I know, right? It's weird. I've become this nocturnal thing, but I get up every morning to like I have a devotional practice of bar class and I never miss. So mm rain or shine i'm either up by sometimes it's not too early but yeah i get up nice if you weren't doing what you're doing now what would you do what would your job be something with movies um a favorite flower peonies and if you could live on any planet mostly for its energy not, you know, we're not talking about moving there really, but you, like you could transport, your soul could be on a planet. Which one would it be? Oh, my star people. 
I guess Venus. I'd go to Venus. I like it that it's the brightest star out and it's one of the first ones that shines that seems really brave. And then just the idea of like love and romance. Like I'm into all that. Yes. I love it. Cool. That's it. <laughs> Maybe. Yay. Wait, I want to ask yeah. you one more. If you, you're, okay, what animal do you feel like you already said cat, house cat, and a, a feral cat? But what animal do you feel most connected with um, energetically? I've been watching a lot of the, basically a panther, but I've been watching a lot of the lion whisperer. And if you haven't watched him, you just need to, but there's a couple panthers on there and I'm like, oh yeah. They're just so instinctual and they're so gorgeous. They're, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not just saying I'm gorgeous, but like, they're so gorgeous to watch. Yeah. Just They're so fat, like their instinct and how fast they are, how playful and loving, like that's, that's a little bit of me. Yeah. I love it. Yay. Thanks for playing. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> fun game. It's always just fun to see like what people are thinking in their minds. Yeah. I've gotten some really weird answers too. It's been kind of fun. Like the inkblot test. Yeah. <laughs> So dreams, let's close this with dreams. What do you want to share with us about dreams? Yeah, so one of the first songs that my mom sent to me today was a song all about dreaming. And um, really dreams have been such an incredible way that I stay connected with not only her, but the one of the, okay, so healing work. So much of the healing work that we do is, if it's not somatic and it doesn't require our body, we're thinking about it, we're trying to attain it. And the thing about dreaming is that you literally just lay down and you sleep and your subconscious gives you really important information about yourself. Um, and it's, it's bigger than just like a, a dump of memories and things like that to me. It has real spiritual meaning. It has real interdimensional meaning to me. And for the past year, I've been in a very hot and heavy relationship with my dreams because twice a week I share them with a friend. And so we go in and we, we get curious about our dreams. We have conversations about our dreams. And every time I leave from one of our dream work sessions, I'm like, Oh my God, I have so much more information about what's going on with me about um, my waking hours. There's so many cultures that used to wake up during the witching hour or, or after their first um, set of REM sleep, and they would come together as women and just sort of talk about what the day ahead held. And so I've had so many dreams that have defied the laws of the known reality that we're in. I've experienced so many things in the dream time, and I just think it's something that we should all be so curious about and start to work with. Um, if you're looking for dream resources, a few of my favorite um, ones are Toko Pa Turner wrote a book called Belonging. And so it's a book about belonging, but it also interwoven into it is this sacred practice of dream work. And so I've done a lot of workshops with her. There's a man named Robert Moss who talks about life as an oracle, who's an amazing storyteller and who who works in dream work. So I don't know if you have a question, but I'm just like, dream work, do it. <laughs> yeah, I am really interested in that because I'm a very vivid dreamer. Mm. And I'll journal and write down some of my dreams sometimes, but I don't feel like I've really dissected them yeah. or really dove into them. But I do have a, a, a dream that is not reoccurring, but the memory of it is reoccurring okay. like during the day. I wonder what that means. But it was a dream that I had when I was a little kid. 
And I remember it, like, even when I think about it, it like makes me like talk about in your body, I feel like I'm going to throw up like, and it's nothing like crazy. It's a, it's a dresser with a troll doll on top of it with like a basement window with like a well, well window with light shining in on it. And the whole room is dark and it's just staring there looking at me. And I have no idea what that means, but every time I think about it, it makes me like, <sighs> feel the, the heebie-jeebies. Um, it's crazy. There's so, there's so many things you can do with a dream like that. You can do some really creative dream reentry. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, the more that I'm talking about dreams, it's obviously a call to create something in the sphere for people who want to have a closer relationship with their dreams. And a big thing that you're already doing is like say, writing your dreams down and saving them because yes, you can start at the ones that are the most fresh, but also you can go back and revisit a dream that you've, you've had way before, especially ones that won't leave you and get a lot of good information. And, you know, sometimes you can even bring that energy to a close. And I mean, maybe you'd want to mm -hmm. have that dream again, but maybe not, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's just, yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst, but I've also, you know, it's weird because you start to like have a relationship with it. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't want to feel this feeling when I think about that. So I start to like reprogram what that relationship is, but exactly. I'm, I'd be really interested in doing some dream work, you know, yeah. learning more about that. Nice. I love it. I love it. Cool. Aisha, thank you so much for being here today. This was amazing. You are just a beautiful soul and I'm so happy that we got to chat today. Me too. Thank you. I will put all of your resources and links down below in the show notes so you can check it out and connect and yeah, enjoy all the juicy goodness that is on the Girlfriend Manifesto, especially. I love that. And thank you so much. Yes, thank you.